0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: So welcome to our first episode of the new year. Um, recorded in the new year, released in the new year. We are 2024 babes rolling in, having a good time. Um, and I would like to kick the year off with, if the, I want to create a vibe for the year. Um, so what I've done is I've pulled up a random adjective generator. You know how we, how we like to pull up random generators for words. Yeah. Um, it's a common staple in the show. Um, I'm going to generate three adjectives and then we're going to discuss how these three adjectives are going to affect the year. All right. Sure. All right. First up, we got bewildered up next. We have rambunctious and finally we have safe
1: okay hate these bro here's what we'll do (laughs) i'll be one you'll be one and the podcast will be the last one so i got dibs on safe
0: (laughs) okay i feel like that's a little not fair that you get to call dibs on the adjective as you're explaining (laughs) your process let's be like Huh, man, all these cars are super nice. We should all grab one. Oh, I already have the Ferrari keys. Yeah, Since we already have one. the Ferrari keys, I guess that's what, the, what I'll take.
1: Yeah, um, so we have bewildered, rambunctious, and safe. Yeah, I feel like... Or, or, or I, the podcast should be safe. What can't happen is you can't have safe. That's not fair. <laughs> you play it safe enough, we don't need more safeness out of you.
0: <laughs> so... What you're saying is perhaps maybe I need to take the rambunctious one, and the podcast gets to live with um bewilderment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I don't even know what that means. When it,
0: bewilderment if, is like um no, I mean like if you if oh you're
1: like, what's your favorite podcast like? And you like, in what word, bewilderment. You'd be like, that doesn't <laughs> tell me anything about the podcast. That doesn't tell me anything.
0: Hey, do you know what that means? That means that we're a podcast you don't recommend to your friends. That means that you're a show. That means that we are a show that lives in your sub- doesn't even live in your subscription feed because you don't want somebody to find out. Like somebody's like, oh, you you listen to permanent good. That's that's a choice. And yeah. those are the decisions you have to live with.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, but also thing. a
0: rambunctious podcast scary also scary
1: so this will be the safe we're gonna have a more safe podcast this will be this a safe podcast where you can go to to get reliable and consistent laughs and entertainment which means one of us is gonna be bewilderment and the other one's gonna be rambunctious i think i can play Uh, bewildered better than i can play rambunctious
0: yeah and i've been playing loosey-goosey a little more recently so maybe maybe i need to internalize that
1: okay sounds good to me man
0: All right, well, now that we have that out of the way, let's um, get this over with, I guess. Um, We are, for our belated 150th anniversary celebration, we are watching a double feature of Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia Here We Go Again. If you don't want to hear us talk about these movies at the, I'm sure, incredible lengths that we are going to be discussing them, you can skip to this time code right here.
1: Time code, 37 minutes. 30 seconds.
0: So, I knew. I want to make it clear. This is starting the ball on what is going to be a very long month for the good household. Yeah. And I want to make it clear that was never the intention. When I devised this malicious honeypot um 3 years ago, I I was really banking on it being in August or something. So, <laughs> I this is unfortunately carried a little bit further than I meant to. And for that I do humbly apologize. That being said, I hope you found a little bit of fun in it.
1: Okay, here's here's what I've realized that most I think most people that aren't us don't have is when your job I'm saying this is a job, even though we're not getting paid, like we've been doing it consistently. It's it's our it's work. When your job is to watch movies. And then you watch more movies on top of that. And you end up watching, you know, between 150 and 250 movies a year. You just start to find good parts of movies you wouldn't normally enjoy. Otherwise, this would be hell. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, like, I've grown to just love movies. Even if it's not the movie I normally like. If there's a bunch of stuff in it I don't enjoy. I've just grown to to, like, latch onto the parts I like and enjoy movies. So... That being said, I also have a previous relationship with this movie because this was one of my mom's favorite movies and we had the soundtrack in our house.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this up front. If you don't know what Mamma Mia is, it was originally a Broadway show in 1999 that got adapted into a film and a sequel. Um, the it is what Mamma Mia is what we call a jukebox musical, which is where you write an original book or original script surrounding already existing music and so mamma mia is entirely the discography of abba um, um
1: is that the rule that you can't use any original? so like is there seriously no original music in this
0: um i don't i mean like it's not hard and fast like if you have 13 abba songs and one original song that's right. still a jukebox musical okay. um so I,
1: yeah i just didn't know that because I'm like man there's a lot of abba songs in this okay like, a lot of and a this
0: lot. is and this is the other point that I have in general with this movie I'm a musical guy everyone knows that everyone it's on brand for me we're going to see one or two more th- throughout the rest of the month um but this is kind of where I have to draw my line and say in mamma mia the first one there is simply Too much music. Dude,
1: (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. Because I was 40 minutes in, and I'm like, that's a good song. Let me look it up. I found the soundtrack. It was like song five of 16. So. 40 minutes in.
0: The movie is an hour and 45 minutes. The soundtrack is an hour and 10 minutes on Spotify. So, (laughs) that means that there is. Not a significant amount of movie. Now, I'm kind of coming and swinging here. I want to make it clear. I enjoyed the first Mamma Mia. It's silly. It's stupid. It does not serve a purpose other than to be fun. And I think that it accomplishes the idea of being fun. I think it accomplishes that very well. However, at the end of the day, it feels like um one long visual album like this is like a music video more than it is
1: there um, would be and you know this and i don't think the audience is prepared for this when they start this movie there's sometimes 30 seconds in between songs yeah uh-huh <laughs> and it's a lot th-
0: this movie does not try to make the segues into songs clean or relevant sometimes <laughs> they will be doing a scene and they'll start singing just a song and the i haven't looked into this but i can only imagine the way this script got written was there they decided ahead of time before they wrote the script they said these are the abba songs we are going to put in this movie and yeah. they wrote a script around the placement of the song yes so um, and also to to make a point on why there's so much music in this. And I think this is also just a trait of jukebox musicals. this one more so because jukebox musicals in general usually pull from a wide variety of sources. Like you look on at Moulin Rouge, right? right. None of those songs are by the same artist. So it's a little more complicated to get the rights to those songs. However, right. Mamma Mia was created explicitly as an ABBA musical, and so, they
1: collaborated with them. So, like, yeah, the only other artists I've heard of doing this is Elvis. There have been musicals and shows like All Shook Up, and there's been movies just Elvis music because you have to be prolific, so you don't you're not stuck with six songs. You have to make movie a movie around.
0: So, when you are writing a musical, the yeah. hardest part about writing a musical is writing the music. But yeah. if you're writing a musical and all the music is already written, then why wouldn't you add as many songs as you could get away with? Right. So like I understand the line of thinking that um led us to the density that is Mamma Mia, especially when there's a song in the at like the beginning of the third act. I don't remember which song it is, but like, we're, like I said, we're in the third act. We're kind of ready for some resolution. And then Meryl Streep's friends start singing a song on the beach. Yep. And and it's not a song that I knew. And so it was kind of frustrating at a certain point to be like, okay, I get it when there are songs I know. You want to sing Super Trooper? You want to sing Mamma Mia? You want to sing Dancing Queen? Fine, whatever. I do not know this song... I do not know this song. Therefore, you cannot get away with sneaking it in at the end here.
1: Um, I quickly realized I am polarizing a lot of ABBA music. Some of yeah, it's, some dude, of it's really super good. trooper is fire, dude. Um, I, like, Mama,
0: I liked all of the songs that I recognized for the most part.
1: I mean, Dancing Queen gets so old so fast, dude.
0: Yeah, I, it, it does. But watching it in this movie was still fun because like I said, this movie exists purely to have fun and dancing queen and mama Mia, I think are the two songs where it's it's just like, just have fun. Yeah. And so even though that like dancing queen can get old watching the cast simply have fun with it was enough to make it worth
1: it. This movie 100% 100 feels like a stage production. Like there's so yes. many people I'm like, this feels like at the end, they're going to come out and take a bow and guess what? There's a full <laughs> cast number. So like it's, it, it's hard to say how good this movie actually is. Cause I'm like, is this, is this just pulling on the theater heartstrings that I have? And there's music I like, I will say, and this, this is going to be a freaking hot take. I don't like Meryl Streep in this movie.
0: Um, I definitely know what you mean. Um, she has like a vibe of, um, uh, Uh,
1: it, I'm going to say it and this might be what you're thinking. Maybe not. This is not that departed from Ricky and the flash. (laughs) These are not so far uh, apart.
0: I definitely see that. Like I, I will not go so far as to wholly disagree with you on that. Yeah. Um, there is. Something a little like disheveled about Meryl Streep in this one that I don't think is like what I'm used to seeing her in, and what I prefer seeing her in. Right. Um. I will say, um, Amanda Seyfried is the best part of these movies. She did like, very well. I I, mean, I I
1: held out for the dad figures, father figures. Yeah. Um. Because I just love. Basically, I'm here because I'm like Colin. Why did you do this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so why I know he loved it. I had to read the trivia. He says he loves it. This is one of his be- favorite performances. But I'm like, bro. And then you came back to do it again after you had already done a, a different franchise where you're a spy. Um, and then you did a.
0: Let me make. Let me give you a better example. After
1: you won an Oscar for King Speech, bro. <laughs> like, what are we doing? So like, um, I held out for him. Amanda was amazing. Um. Okay, this, don't just say Amanda like 2000- you went to school
0: with her. <laughs>
1: Amanda Seyfried was amazing. I hate saying her last name. Um, and it's a very 2008 cast. I mean, Pierce Brosnan's in this, bro. Yeah, so, like-
0: so we're 10 minutes in. I'm going to do the quickest of recaps about um, the 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 plot so we can get talk a little more contextually. Amanda Seyfried's getting married. She doesn't know who her dad is. There are three potential dads. So she invites all three of them to the wedding with the hope that she'll just kind of figure it out.
1: Well, she's hoping and, that like two of them were black and she'd be like, oh, boy one. <laughs> Cause um, there's this scene when they show up and she's just looking at them and she's like, Oh, this is gonna be harder than I thought. And I'm like, Yeah, whatever. Anyways. So,
0: um and all three of them still have like kind of residual feelings for Meryl Streep's character, who is Amanda Seaford's mom, and so it's like this weird kind of like back and forth of who's my dad? Do they like Meryl Streep's character? How involved do they want to be? Was a mis- Was it a mistake that they showed up? And
1: also, the a- only there to give her away.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Craig, we don't have enough time to, for me to talk about all the bad things about this. But that was the dumbest thing ever. I know this woman's twenty, but guess what? I also got married when I was twenty years old. That is so stupid. <laughs> It's so, it made me mad, bro. Also, all these dudes, very successful. Totally happy to be back. I don't know what she wrote in that stuff. She was happy to be back. Also, the fact that freaking, dude, everyone has like a catchphrase, handshake or whatever. That annoyed me <laughs> so much. <laughs> that got on my nerves. I know the Dinah. Okay, also, Donna and the Dynamos. Let me tell you, the Dynamos. <laughs> there's, there's so many characters. This felt made for for the stage because well, that's just like something it they, yeah it's just like <laughs> it it comes through in the movie and i don't like that there are times where you can watch a movie and be like oh this would be good on stage and you find out it has been or hasn't been adapted this it is obvious it has been adapted there's just like the way the characters are the music the everything this movie took me it took me an hour to warm up to it dude i was mad yeah. for an hour <laughs> and then you just have to embrace that it Love is not going to make sense. There's going to be way too much music. You're not going to like some of the characters. Some of them are going to have songs that you're like, "What are you even trying to say?" And then uh, it's 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 just not realistic. So like you got to go in being like, "This is I mean cartoons for middle-aged women. This is I think they call them mom coms. This is like comedy for women in their 40s and 50s and." Once you realize it's not supposed to be realistic, it's just a goofy story, then you can then I'm on board, bro. Then I'm on board.
0: Um, I will say that at least for the first movie, I think it's campy in all the right places. Okay. Where and the one thing that I keep coming back to is um how there's a, how there's like an ensemble dance crew that appears <laughs> as necessary. Yeah. Never explained Never like addressed, not even like nobody even makes like a tongue-in-cheek joke about it like they do on Glee. Um
1: Yeah, it's just like it is, the town.
0: <laughs> and but I, I like stuff like that. I like it when the when a movie is like, hey, we wanna have fun. It's a musical, it it looks better when there's choreography, just run with it. Um so I do appreciate that aspect. Um, I, I, I like that the movie is willing to just have fun. I think it's very difficult for me to idealize going back to that movie for any reason simply because everything else is kind of a nothing burger.
1: It's um, I mean, I don't even know what, what there is to say about this. It's just like so much.
0: The the easiest way to put it and this um falls in line with Mamma Mia 2 as well. It really boils down to this. It's either your thing or it isn't.
1: Yep. Um, And not even in And you can recognize who it's for and quickly realize that it's not for you. You'll know so quickly. This is not a slow burn. You will know in the first six minutes if this movie is for you or not.
0: Yeah. So I think this movie is fun. I think it's campy. I did not- Hate watching it. I, I, I think I genuinely think if they cut like three songs and put would, that yeah. energy to like having a little bit more of a foundation in your script, then I think that it would have um felt a lot more complete. Yeah. 100%. So I'm putting this one at a simple flat seven.
1: <sighs> we can't start off the year this far apart.
0: Hey. It, We knew this was going to happen.
1: 4.75 is the best I can do. I I went and looked at our ratings. A five for me is not watching it again, but I don't regret watching it. And that is exactly what this movie is. And the reason I docked off a little bit more is because on top of that, there's too many songs. (laughs) Not only is this movie, not for me, I think objectively too many songs. That's a quarter point. 4.75 for me.
0: All right. So Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again was made...
1: Ten years after the original,
0: but sets is set five years after the original. Um.
1: Oh, did not know that.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Thought it was ten
1: years. I'm like, man, everyone, no. everyone has aged around ten years. Now that it's five, now I know it's five years, bro. Um. Some of these people aged
0: brutally.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's like,
0: why did you make that choice? Just say like, 10. why not just it's make fine. it ten? Yeah. Um. And so I found this one significantly more difficult because, and here's the worst part, is I'm about to be such a huge hypocrite in the same episode, which okay, is Okay, here's not- the thing.
1: I'm going to contradict you because I think this movie's better because after you've watched the first one, you're primed. I don't need to warm yeah. up. I already know what I'm expecting. It's just more of the first movie. Yeah, So I'm like, so- Sweet, I'll get down with this.
0: So my complaint about Mamma Mia not necessarily having the strongest script. Mamma Mia, here we go again, does have a stronger script. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it it, easier
1: to understand what's going on.
0: And more than that, things happen.
1: <laughs> yes. There's so, character development, bro. There's So arcs. Like,
0: I as I was watching it, I that's what I realized is as I was watching, it, I'm like, "Oh no." My main complaint is being solved and I'm still not loving it um I, the problem of um songs not making sense they just kind of exist um still a pretty big problem in this one <laughs> yes um still still pretty bad um but one of the main complaints about mama Mia that the everyone has not this is not like uh, uh, um an original thought, but Pierce Brosnan is objectively the worst singer and he has several songs in Mamma Mia. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean,
1: they knew they had to have known that going into the second movie and they
0: still give him a song, which is, I'm okay with that. You know, let him have his roses. Um,
1: and don't let him sing by himself.
0: Yeah. And so Mamma Mia two is all about the past. You know, it is all about us following young Meryl young Donna you know it was Meryl Streep's character following Lily young Collins. Donna Lily, um, James, Lily James yeah Uh following young Donna played by Lily James and watch her have all these love affairs with these characters and see like oh which one's the father and kind of like enter that question again um so Lily James is far and away the best young cast Dude. member on she like
1: killed it I didn't want to go back to present day cause her story was so much more compelling and I just liked her. I liked her so much more than Meryl street. I'm like, let's just stick back there, bro. You're more interesting. I like you more.
0: Yeah. So, um, the three younger gentlemen, the paternal, the potential paternal people, um, all of their younger actors were fine musicians. I didn't love their acting. Um.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're going to talk about the exact same thing. We have opinions on this. They got picked for their singing ability.
0: Yeah, and they're like, and you the can one, act too, right? And the one that stuck out the most to me was Stellan Skarsgård's, yeah, younger, uh, younger version, where like mm-hmm. there wasn't anything wrong with him. Like, if I was his director, I wouldn't know what note to give him per se without like you know really going into the weeds of it, but like. Whenever he is seducing or romancing Donna, I just like I I just don't buy it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I also here's a do I have this beef? I okay, I got a couple things to say. One, I think another reason I like this movie is because I'm I've, I've just spent more time with the characters, so now if you bring them back, I have an emotional attachment. That's like why towards the end of a show you have more attachment to the characters because you've just spent more time with them. So I think that that has this going for it. That being said. How dare you just let me figure out who, what what character is who based on accents, hairstyles, and the way they dress? Because that's not okay. Because young and Skarsgård,
0: easy. Blonde Swede, got him. Yeah. (laughs) The difference between young Colin Firth and young Pierce Brosnan, negligible.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Dude, negligible. And then also the Donna Dynamos, the, I mean, To be honest, one of them genuinely kind of looks like the other one, but like they're just relying way too much on freaking hairstyles. I'm like, oh, you're telling me that 25 years later you have the same hairstyle as you did when you were 20 years old? This does not make sense.
0: So let me tell you why I did not care for this movie. And even though the script was better, the stakes were so low. Oh, a party
1: it, it, opening up a new hotel with a party.
0: Yeah. So um, we enter Mamma Mia 2 and Donna Meryl Streep's character has been dead for a year. We if we get told it was not in such a ceremonious fashion that I remember. It was literally um,
1: her picture was on the wall. They casually mentioned it. And here's what here's what happens. The entire movie is you're like, who could they afford to get back? Who had opening times in their scheduling to come make an appearance? In this movie. And the second they said she's dead, I'm like, she's too expensive now. She's too expensive, too busy. She's not going to be in this movie. I thought the same thing about two of the extra dads. Only one of them, Pierce Brosnan, is on the uh, is on the island. The other two guys, I'm like, oh yeah, one of their careers blew up. Yeah, Colin Firth and
0: Stellan Skarsgård are definitely secondary characters in this in the second one.
1: Yeah, I'm like, they're not going. to. So the whole this is a game I was playing. It's not important to the movie. I'm just like, who could they afford? And who was too busy filming three other movies to not be in this movie? So I was thinking that the entire time.
0: And to go back to the point, though, is, like, it... Amanda Seyfried, like, is trying to rebuild the hotel, is trying to uh, pretty it up and try to do, like, this grand reopening in honor of her mother. And she's arranged for press to be there, for a big band to be there, to have this huge party. But they don't really explain it in... great. Like, they kind of, like... Breadcrumb information about how important this party is until like the very end, because yeah. there's like a moment where she's talking to her husband, which don't even get me started on that subplot. Um, she was talking to her husband, and she says like, "But like the the press aren't gonna be here," and I'm like, "Press? We're like we're like an hour into this movie, and this is the first time I'm yep. hearing about press." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I feel like. It, this the, the script almost overcorrected in a way. Whereas, like, there's still an hour of music. This movie is longer. This one's a two-hour movie with an hour of music, so we have a little bit more of a runway here. But I really feel like it didn't attach itself to anything, or it didn't like l- let itself build up in a remarkable way. It it was all breadcrumbing because if <laughs> all they had were breadcrumbs.
1: Yeah. There's more story, but then what, but the problem with having more story is sometimes it's best not to talk because then people will realize you're stupid. And that kind of happened with this movie is I'm like, oh, I'm finding more. I know who these characters are and I understand their relationship. What are they doing now? And I'm like, oh, it was probably better. I didn't know that because not only is it not important to the story, um, the story doesn't matter <laughs> or it's so not important that like I kind of wish they didn't tell me. Just keep me in the past. Make this entire movie a prequel. But they needed to capitalize on bringing cast members back to finance this movie.
0: So let me do this for you. Um, This movie treats itself like it is the end of a long-running franchise. The way that it gives every character a subplot.
1: Yeah, dude. It's freaking Endgame over here. And I'm like, this is the second movie.
0: And so, like the fact that the dynamos are trying to find their own romance and oh i oh i just got kickstarted on something i can't wait to talk about are you ready to talk about it Dear it's time God. why this is going to be maybe the single hottest take that you can clip out of context and ruin my life with it
1: share ruins this movie share Shows, dude, I paused the movie and went into the bathroom where Macy was giving my kids a bath. I'm like, Cher just showed up. There's 30 <laughs> minutes left. Also, Cher is only three years older than Meryl Streep. Yeah, that I didn't care. Like, whatever. Um, the age gaps were weird. Cher Share's distracting. Cher in a movie is like having Michael Jackson, Prince, Elvis. It's just like, you can't be in movies anymore. You're like your personality is so strong it comes out in your character. It was jarring, bro.
0: I have only seen one other prominent Cher movie and it's burlesque. And I I, I like burlesque. I think Cher is fine in burlesque. The problems that I have with burlesque are not share focused. So when I saw Cher, I'm like, oh, this is like a fun celebrity guest star. This is a fun way to wrap up your movie. And then she goes, Grandma? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> the way she, like, surprisingly, with bewilderment, I might even say, exclaims, Grandma. I'm like, no, this is going to be a whole thing. We got to buckle in. And boy, howdy, did we?
1: Um, All right. I'm just going to read, straight up read trivia. Cher was in this movie. And then they, oh, when the script was almost finished, they retroactively wrote in the whole Fernando stuff because they, like, the Fernando, they, it was a great God. song. They wanted it in the movie. And like, how do we fit it in? And like, let's just make, let's invent a character to be the manager of the hotel and have his name be Fernando. And that gives Share another song to sing. And I'm like, you can't just shoehorn characters to add a, it just like, it seems so nonchalant and out of play, very conspicuous in the story of this movie. They're like, Hey, just don't put it in. Just it's jarring, bro. Not only share, but like, are you telling me you met a guy during the Mexican Revolution, apparently, and he just happens to be in Greece on a remote island with your daughter, and neither one of you are with anyone right now. It was just like this is the stuff that only takes place on stage. So it's like once we got to this part, I'm like, of course. But of course, this is Mamma Mia. We do weird things like this, and we're just gonna have to believe it.
0: And I I just found Cher so distracting in a multitude yeah, of ways of course. that when Cher showed up, I just straight up checked out. Like I I like obviously paid enough attention to like finish the movie, but it I it was not um, happily done at that. Were point.
1: you more surprised to see Cher or Meryl Streep in this movie?
0: Um, Cher, because I knew Meryl Streep had some involvement in it. Um, Okay,
1: I had no idea who was going to be in this movie whatsoever. I did no research and that it was definitely better that way.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I was also looking through the trivia and, you know, they point out like Cheryl Streep filmed all of her scenes in a week. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure she filmed all her scenes in like 24 minutes. Like you
1: said, Cheryl Streep, obviously combining Cheryl and Meryl, but I'm gonna let it go. Um, um yeah it was just one of those things that, like yeah they filmed in a week yeah that makes sense she's does she does one song
0: and then the credits yeah and oh, by they the way, cut to her in a way that you can tell she obviously filmed on a different day in a different studio
1: yeah <laughs> love the credits though loved them um didn't like didn't like the first one very much this credit sequence like this cast music number great loved it i also cannot stress enough lily james Freaking carries this movie. (laughs) I want to, I
0: was watching this movie and my main thought that I had the entire time was how does Lily James not have the same it girl factor that like Florence Pugh had? Like, I know the answer and it's the fact that she hasn't been in an Oscar nominated movie, but, um, but, but, you know, like we've been saying, she is the reason she is the reason you finish this movie. She right. like carries so much of it. And then you look at like Cinderella and like the big one, Baby Driver. Like, I remember watching Baby Driver in theaters, seeing Lily James's character, and be like, this is unlocking a part of my brain I didn't know was there, but now occupies 40% of my waking capacity.
1: Uh, yeah. She's like, I guess I'm in love. I mean, she's done so she's done the Pam and Tommy uh, TV show. Uh, playing Pamela Anderson on Hulu. And she's also going to be in the new Iron Claw movie. But, like, how is she not a bigger deal?
0: Yeah. Um, Iron Claw is going to get nominated for stuff. So maybe that's the push she yeah, needs hopefully, to get, like, yeah. super famous. Um, Here's hoping. Because she 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 deserves the world. She really does. Um, So overall, but I, I, th- this movie retains the same level of camp. So, like, if that's something that you, like, need to get through these movies, like, it's still there. You've, you've got it. Um, I just, in the end, I had a harder time engaging with this one. I had a harder time um, being present for this one. So, overall, I enjoyed this one less. um And if I ever watch these movies again, I am more willing to watch Mamma Mia!, You'll have to do me a favor to get me to rewatch Mamma Mia. Here we go again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I like Mamma Mia. Here we go again. More than the original Mamma Mia. But I cannot stress this enough. That doesn't mean I liked (laughs) them. Doesn't mean I liked them. I liked it more. It was more bearable. I didn't hate. I wasn't on my phone the whole time. But I also love movies. If you're the kind of person who watches one movie a week. These movies. I mean unless you're a mother in her 40s and 50s. Don't watch these movies. You're just not going to enjoy it. Um, this Um, th- I'm giving this a 5.25. So half a point higher than the previous one.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. Something I think about a lot is like the tone of reviews is almost more important than the score itself. Because the way I've been dogging on this movie makes it sound like I'm going to give it like a three or something. That's not the case. I- I'm talking about the parts of this movie that are interesting to talk about. As a whole, it is a serviceable movie. And like the rating I give it, I think reflects that. Um, I think that this sits closer at a 5.75 for me.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. This is just, I think we almost need a separate scale for musicals because it's <laughs> so different that like I always rate low and you always rate at least two points higher than me. And people who don't watch musicals, are just not interested in this. Yeah, and the people who do watch musicals are going to be like, well, these guys are rating with a bias for or against. So it's almost not fair. Maybe they should go purely off of our tone of the review and don't care about these scores. Sc- scores are important for us to remember, should we watch this movie again? But for you, think about what we said. If musicals are not your thing, don't even don't come close to these movies. But if they are, it's not that bad. It's probably just what you used to.
0: And like, I think that these... Are very good date movies. If you have a partner that is interested in Mama Mia or likes Mama Mia, like you'll make it through these movies. Like they're fun enough to where like it, it's not you know if you're if you are watching it with someone who enjoys it, you will get more enjoyment out of it. Right. Um, I think my favorite song out of both movies comes from Here We Go Again, and it is Why Did It Have to Be Me?
1: I don't know that one. Um, what part of the movie is it?
0: It's um, she's singing to Stellan Skarsgård on the boat, and it's um, I only wanted a little love affair, uh, but I can see you are beginning to care. I know, I like that song a lot. It, no,
1: dude, freaking okay. So, Mommy, here we go again, dude. There's a couple songs: Waterloo, Fire.
0: Waterloo's pretty good.
1: Um, then the cast number Super Trooper, Fire, and then Lily James audition piece. For her band to start there, on Andante, Dante, Yeah. Like, can you even sing? Be like, I can kind of sing. Well, would, and then she does and Dante, So good. Dude, Lily James was freaking murdering it, dude.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And I, she murdered it, couldn't carry, she's a reason to watch the movie, but she wasn't good enough that this, this movie gets anything higher than a six. So. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt.
0: Maybe I rewatch Baby Driver.
1: <laughs> yeah. 100%. I might just watch more Lily James movies and just. Screw the rest of this.
0: All right. So we are going to welcome back our non-movie listeners. And this episode and probably next episode are format breakers. Sorry, that's just the way it goes.
1: I think um, people really like our format breakers. <laughs> I think they almost do.
0: makes you wonder why we have the format. <laughs> <Yeah>. um. <laughs> we might need to do a poll and be like, do
1: we just like scrap our entire idea of the podcast?
0: Hey, <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have an all-hands meeting after we record this. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. In all hands meeting, being you and me. Me and you. Um, so we are going to go through our previous New Year's resolutions and our current New Year's resolutions. Um, and do that. I didn't have a. I didn't stick the landing right. on that sentence. <laughs> I've gone
1: through all of our resolutions we've ever made. We have. Oh, a depreciation. Our completion is getting worse and worse every year. So the first year it was you you had yours and I had mine. And yours were like do more characters on the podcast, find an anime movie Alex likes, spend money on podcast advertising. Mine was be nicer to the audience, uh have three guests on the podcast, only watch one anime movie. These are so <laughs> achievable. I did like 3 of mine, you did half of yours. The next year, we didn't do a do we did like 2 of them. <laughs> then the next year so this was for the year 2022 um our resolution at the beginning was have a fan on the podcast watch three or four episodes together and do a live commentary be funnier find (laughs) a one or two out of ten movie and watch it watch a four-hour movie challenge the format or add a segment put out a two or three hour podcast put out a video podcast um and do a merch drop dude. (laughs) <laughs> what okay google in june
0: set a reminder to go back to our new year's resolutions and maybe knock a few of those bad boys out
1: it was crazy. because
0: because let's be clear half of that stuff you mentioned we could have done we've talked well, about doing the a live commentary so episode was, that, literally yeah. the entire runtime of our podcast it is just a matter of you and i sitting down deciding to watch a movie and doing it.
1: Dude, it that, takes yeah.
0: th- it will it's, take minimal effort. We just need to do it.
1: Yeah. And that was so that was our podcast last year. Uh, we did our resolutions 3 weeks into January. We we, we did a whole bit about it. I listened to the, I had to listen to the podcast to do it. Don't like what? doing it, but I had to. So, for this year, the one that we are 2023, what we were have supposed to accomplish was this. We lowered our expectations and we said, just watch one podcast movie together and put out a live commentary. We did not do that. Find a trash movie, quint like made to be bad and do that for the podcast, which we did not do. Like th- we did this on accident the year prior is we find a movie both of us really don't like, but that wasn't the point. We were supposed to find a bad movie and then go into it with that. So we didn't do that.
0: Um, For the podcast. Yes. I mean, it, I definitely did that, like personally. I mean, like, we did Lady like Ball Cocaine
1: Bear, but that wasn't like we didn't do mm-hmm. the. I, I'm trying to think of. I'm going through right now for str- just bad movie. Um,
0: I mean, you could argue that we do that with like um, the the Transformers franchise. Like we chose yeah. the Transformers franchise because but these we were supposed knew to be like it one went intense. off the rails. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Transformers is like five and sixes. IMDb. We were supposed to pull mm-hmm. like Velocipastor. Know sure,
0: yeah, I've seen it, it's definitely bad
1: (laughs) (laughs) or like rubber or just like so. We didn't do that. Uh, put out a two or three hour podcast, did we do that? No, okay, have a merch drop for each one of us, didn't do video podcast, didn't do have a fan on the podcast, didn't do is
0: Andrew a fan?
1: I don't think that (laughs) counts. Uh, one we did do maybe was iron out our best improvs and middles and use them more often yeah we, we definitely do that we definitely we had a couple new ones but we figured out the good ones and we used them more so that was good we did one of seven then you <laughs> you did you said you in particular wanted to be less mean-spirited when reviewing movies and just more respectful because it takes work to make movies and you just didn't want to be mean you want to be more objective do you feel like you've accomplished that
0: yes there are a few times I kind of come and swing it, um, and I think you we, know,
1: used used to like trash movies. And you're like, I just don't want to do that anymore. I don't yeah. want that to be the point.
0: Like, I feel like I, I I think about movies that I I go back on and I'm like, was I too harsh on that movie? And I think about like Under the Skin, and I feel like Under the Skin, I was a little mean to just because I um disagreed with a lot of it (laughs) in terms of like how it was presented um but other than that i think i think i was pretty good about not being just like
1: bonk you suck i'm going through that was the only score you gave under a four you have a couple fours that's the only one under four is under the skin
0: all right (laughs) everything else
1: you had some fours four and a half five nothing else was on that low besides on the skin. Um, and then mine was to make a concerted choice on how hard to steer into the character of Alex. Good.
0: And you know what? For the most part, I think we've made that decision. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't
1: know if it was a choice, but like, I think, I mean, this is might be too inside baseball. Alex. Good to me is just me when I'm on, if that makes sense. I, the- this is, it's not a character. I mean, it's a little bit. It's just like me at 100% extrovert, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, I, I mean, dude, if you want whiplash, go back to the first couple episodes of this podcast. That dude's wild. That was like Steve Col- uh, Colbert, like playing 180 degrees opposite of what you actually feel. So for me, I'm playing it a little bit closer. I mean, way closer to who I actually am. Just like elevated. And then occasionally I dial it up uh to ten. But I feel like
0: Hey, I want to make it clear. I know exactly when he dials it up to ten. And there is an extraneous variable that's um connected to that.
1: Yeah, it's just like I go there and I come right back. But like I don't think who I am on this podcast is who I am in real life, but it's just like more. And then every once in a while I just get wild and say something that I would Ball never out. ever say
0: <laughs> or to
1: strip don't believe in. Okay, just to make things fun. So I think I did that, just wasn't as smart. So Craig, for this coming year, I think we should keep a few of the old ones, because they're good. There's a reason they keep coming there back There is every
0: year. no reason that we don't do a commentary episode this year. Dude. Li- Objectively.
1: Just No one? reason. We can't, we have to do one. Um, it, is
0: as, it is as simple as us watching a Netflix movie together and just being in a call while we do it.
1: Yeah. I, that's and we literally just record. It'd be a piece of cake. Merch job for each one of us, dude. I last year we literally said stickers, just keychains are allowed. Just okay, something small.
0: So let's do a vision board for this. Okay, here's how this gets done. Okay, we need to commission an art person, like a hundred or two hundred bucks, and be like, hey, we want to make small merch. Can you give us a design that we can, you know, move into Yeah. and, and put it on an Etsy store? Like, that's it.
1: 100%. I, I want, I'm going to get a hoodie. So I'll be like, hey, can you come up with a logo for me, a logo for Craig? I want to get a hoodie. I want to get a, t- a hat or whatever. And then I will literally just get those, like, do you know those bracelets, those lift strongs that everyone had in middle school? Yeah. I'll just have, yeah. I'll just get one of those, bro. Yeah. So we need to do that. I think video podcasts would be great. I'm tired of disappointing myself so I don't want to put it on because hey, I think it, it happens gang when it
0: audience. Happens. let's be clear. I know I'm the holdout for the video podcast. I know it's me. but I also want to say if you were in my chair, you would also be the holdout for a video <laughs> podcast.
1: It's work. Um, there's a lot of reasons why, but I just like, it would be nice. I think we'll get to that eventually. It doesn't need to be this year.
0: Hey, can I tell you what would maybe be better than a video podcast or at least here's a more approachable version of that goal is I genuinely think like a live podcast would be more approachable. And I don't mean like live in like a, like a studio or anything, but just like if we did a month where the theme of that month was streaming it to twitch and then uploading the audio of that vod as the podcast like that's a more approachable version of that
1: yeah um i can do that i i would want to do one and see how it goes yes um but i'm down for something like that it's a it's a nice foray into the uh in into the space there's a couple ones i don't feel like we need to do two three hour podcasts don't care that's too long uh we'd have to be having so much fun for that to be feasible I don't feel like we need to bring back a trash movie. Like Watching bad movies is not fun for us. I I understand it's fun for our audience. I think they like listening to us talk about movies we hate, but I don't think the movie has to be bad for that to happen. We just have to find movies we don't like and then literally go the opposite of last year's resolution and then just dog on them. And Um,
0: finding bad movies to watch. I, I think that it is worth it for us to do that every now and then. I th- like yeah. not so often that we are. I mean, like that's kind of what we, again, like we save the franchise month for like movies. We know go off the rails.
1: Right. I also don't know if they need to be bad movies. Cause I think we need to stick to popular movies and po- there are some good popular movies and there's some bad ones. I think if we start getting to niche bad movies that no one's seen. It's not rewarding for anybody because no one knows what we're talking about. Um, I think we do it naturally. I don't think we need to find it. I, right, I have a couple ideas for new ones. I personally am going to watch over 100 comedies this year. I've selected quite a few from the 70s through 2010, not going past 2010, and I'm not going earlier than the 70s, and I'm going to watch at least two movies a week, but over 100 movies, uh, over 100 comedies this year. All right. I I think for us, we should do more like loose episodes. I know towards the end of this year, because of the strikes and stuff, we went that way. I think we should do more because I think they're they're fun. I think they're easy for other people to listen to because they're just less segments, more just conversation. And I think that's what they're used to when they listen to other podcasts.
0: Well, this kind of goes back to, you know, last year we are building upon the founding, the foundation of breaking the format. I think now we need to like live in that space a little bit.
1: It's I think it's good for us and people enjoy it when we do it. Oh, I think we should do more themed pods like that one time we did Morning Voices.
0: Yes, I think about that because you and I kind of have this running joke of how it would be very funny to do like a 2 a.m. recording session and a 6 a.m. recording session back to back.
1: (laughs) I think that would be dope. Uh, um, Um, Just like whatever that would be called, if that's a theme or whatever, um, just changing the the word we're
0: looking for is gimmick
1: cool dude <laughs> i'm cool with that um um what else
0: so in are we still doing podcast resolutions or did we want to or are we also including personal research?
1: uh i only included personal resolutions that relate to the podcast
0: okay um so i want to really turn into like an editing machine mm-hmm. like i am not a prolific editor gang when i edit i just make sure there i just remove as many background sounds as possible that's kind of it um i would like to find a version of my day to day schedule that allows me to do like um more tiktok editing and um uh clip compilations and stuff like that um spend more time like putting more stuff that we can put out that's not just the 60 minute podcast we make every week.
1: Right. For sure. Um, um Yeah, we should definitely do that. Or you should definitely do that. I dig it. <laughs> I mean, one personal one for me is I need to start taking more notes on movies while I'm watching them. I want to do it for more than half of the episodes we do. The tricky thing is I think we do a great job and I think it's entertaining the way it is. Cause we're talking like how regular people talk. Um like, oh, you reminded me of this, or you reminded me of this. I think that'll keep me from rambling. I think it'll keep me from interrupting if I just have a list of things I want to talk about and I don't forget stuff. The only downside I see is if it's a movie like freaking Mamma Mia or we're doing multiple movies, it might just make the movie parts too long. But I I think it's good for notes.
0: Here's the issue that I have with taking notes. And the reason why I made the active choice to stop doing it is my notes were never consistent. Throughout the entirety of the movie, yeah, is when you take notes for a movie, you go really hard for the first act, and then you're like, Then you, get, then sucked you in. get in, yeah, you get engaged in the movie, and you're like, Okay, or if you're like me, you just get kind of sick of writing notes for a little bit. When I was in school, I was able to take notes for 10 to 20 minutes tops, and so I that's why I don't do it because I would either my notes were bad or. I destroyed my viewing experience to keep up with the notes.
1: Yeah. So you don't want to take it out of the movie.
0: And I say this not to dissuade you from doing it, because if you do it and you find a system that works and we talk about it, I'm not against also trying notes again. I just, um, I'm curious to see how it affects you because you and I have very similar working styles. Mm -hmm. Um, so well, I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. We'll give it
1: a shot. There's going to be a couple of things I can't do it for. Like if I'm watching a movie with somebody else, I'm not going to pause the movie every time. Uh, it, We'll just have to figure it out. I think it's just something I want to do. Um, Another thing. This, this is another me, one. but also both of us. I want to invest in the style and aesthetic of our podcast. I think if we put a li- like much like the merch, if I put a little bit of money or we put a little bit of money into like getting a professional cover, like cover art for a podcast, and getting like actually paying for music, I think that would help. And then I want to make
0: it clear: I have paid for all of the music that we've included in the podcast, all of the theme songs and music snippets I pull. I pay for those.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm willing to cough up money for either a person make a custom one or we get something that's like dope. And then we obviously get an
0: ABBA song for our theme song.
1: Yeah or and then like <laughs> getting a cool logo for us for our podcast that like it just just says like hey these guys take it seriously. So I want to do that. And then also we talk we talk about this all the time just like re this we'll talk about this at our all hands but like figuring out segments, what segments are we doing, what segments aren't we shouldn't we do, what makes sense for our brand the whole nine. I think this is our most reasonable year for resolutions.
0: There is a master document that has all of the bits that we've ever done on it. I I jokingly complain about all the work I do in the post-production. Alex has every single one of our bits and every single one of our ratings. And I have never looked at that document once. Never, ever, not once, <laughs> ever. So, <laughs> for what it's worth, we're all pushing and pulling from different directions here. Um. So there's going to be a night where you and I it's, pr- it needs to be a night that we do- are not already recording the podcasts. Yeah. Um, Where you and I sit down with that master document and just cut segments that we like, don't even like put it on the table. Right.
1: Cool with me, man. You got anything extra you want to add? Nah,
0: man. I just like this year I watched exactly 200 movies mm-hmm. and I, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just go ahead, do another 200 movies. I I could bump it up to 250, but I feel like that is a weird amount of pressure to put on myself.
1: Yeah. What well, we're already going to do, I mean, a little over 50 for the podcast. Movies.
0: Yeah. I usually end up watching 100 movies for the podcast between um, Permanent Good and Small and Tall and um, Franchise and Double Ups. I, yeah. It usually maths out to 100 movies for the podcast.
1: Yeah, and I think about like, I don't track my free ballins. Like once I'm done talking about them, I write them on a piece of paper. I just throw the paper away. I'd have I'd have to go through every single episode and write down how many movies I've watched. I bet you I hang around like 150, 170, and you get an extra 30 from working at a movie theater.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of work, man. So I
0: really, yeah, for sure. Um. So I'm not really too worried about my resolutions outside of like productivity Mm -hmm. the blanket one is like stop putting stuff off yeah but easier said than done i'm not whatever
1: yeah i gotta i gotta i mean personal side i'm like yawn into the mic take freaking one of them (laughs) they know this and we're gonna cut it probably i hope we cut the yawn if not It doesn't help when
0: you talk during the yawn. They, like, yeah. (laughs) Yes.
1: Maybe this whole last minute gets cut out. They must know we record late. They must know. We've talked about it enough times. Anyways, I don't even know why that's relevant. I want to take my health seriously. (laughs) I want to take my mental health seriously. I want to take my physical health seriously. I want to take going to the doctor seriously. I want to take going to the dentist seriously. I just need to start taking this stuff seriously. Because I think I turned 27 this year. And that's my late 20s.
0: So as your friend, I have the qualification to make this observation. Um, This is the most generic version of this resolution you've made so far. Because in the last three years, at least, there's always some version of run a 5K, run a marathon, swim X number of whatevers. So I'm glad that now we've just blanketed it to
1: health. Yeah, hey just take it seriously. You know, just do better. I don't want I don't want to put pressure on myself to do it one way or another. Um just like do it, you know, be better. How
0: far did you get in your self-tracked marathon? Were
1: uh I went like, out to run it except the weather sucked and I got hurt. But I ran 22 miles twice.
0: Yeah, what was that bit you did? I say bit. What was that thing you did back when you lived in North Carolina where you would like run for an hour then rest for like 20 minutes then go back out oh. for an, or like
1: It was uh, a mile every hour for 24 hours. Uh,
0: That's crazy. (laughs) That I remember when you would hop back onto Xbox in between those hours and just and you'd be just miserable. Yeah, because it's not
1: an hour off. It's however it took you to run. You come back and then you're like, well, I have 35 minutes before I need to stretch and go back out. I also need to eat and go to the bathroom. So really, you have like maybe 40 minutes of downtime every time that's on the low side and then you get slower and you get tired and then you go to the bathroom and then you are thinking about showering and I forgot to stretch before every, cause the problem is, is your body, we're talking about this for too long, but my body would cool down and I would need to warm up again. So I got injured around mile eight, mile seven or eight. And I just, I called it off. I'm like, dude, I'm in pain every time I go out for some reason, whatever. I do dumb um, stuff. <laughs> I do dumb. Yeah. So
0: the resolution, uh, honestly, the resolution this year, is survive um, everything after that is an accessory yeah. <laughs> like that's gonna be man Um, so let's go ahead and do some quick free balling to wrap it up let's talk about poor things all right
1: okay i want to watch this so i'm taking your review seriously
0: okay when we watched the lobster um, yes it, the lobster was also directed by yorgos Anthimos. okay when we watched the lobster I remember watching it and being like, oh, no, I am significantly less excited for poor things now that I know his directing style. Um, but over time, I'm like, don't think that way. That's not healthy. Like, you you shouldn't count this movie out before you see it. Right. His directing style <laughs> is very present in this movie. Oh, geez. Now, my main complaint of The Lobster was it felt like nobody was acting. Everyone was reciting. Uh not true for this movie my (laughs) biggest complaint we're we're good we cleared. and i think emma stone has maybe the biggest shot i've seen so far for best actress for next year okay just straight up that being said i still did not like this movie so the short version of the plot synopsis is emma stone's character um has the brain of an infinite has the brain of an infant in the body of an adult and we watch her grow up at a rapid pace so like over the course of a few weeks we see her go from like a five-year-old mental age to a 35-year-old mental age okay and the way she portrays that is amazing simply because i knew what she was doing before they explained it to her when we first meet Emma Stone's character, she's like sitting at the table, playing with her food and just drops a plate cuz she's bored. And I'm like, "She's behaving like a toddler." Is she a toddler? Yeah. And she was. So and so that was immensely fantastic. Um and all the gripes that I have about this movie are purely personal. Um the route that this movie takes to explore um Bella's which is the character named Bella, the path that they take to explore Bella's journey into adulthood is a little too sexual for me. There is a lot of graphic sex scenes in this movie, and that is just subjectively something I don't care for. And it happens so frequently. I'm continuously getting taken out of the movie, and I'm never fully reeled back in. And I want to make it clear that I understand that is a me thing. It is a thing that I am uncomfortable with. And if that is not something that you are uncomfortable by, then you will have a much easier time watching this movie. Um, it is very sensational. It is very, um, radicalizing in a way. Um, but I did not feel connected to the themes of this movie in a way that allowed me to overlook the um the discomfort. And here's the thing about when it comes to making an uncomfortable movie is when you are making your audience uncomfortable it has to be for a strong purpose that that audience is, that that audience recognizes and is okay with. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, it, it, I felt like the purpose of being uncomfortable in this movie was just to kind of say, "Hey, I can make you uncomfortable. I have that power." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, then do something with it. So I didn't care for poor things. If you like Yorgos Anthemos, this is his. This is a marketable improvement over what I didn't like in The Lobster. And see, but I liked the, the
1: Lobster, so, but uh, I don't know if I'd like this movie. I We'll figure it out. If it ever comes to streaming, I'll watch it, and maybe it'll be anything.
0: Yeah, so I didn't care for it, but I also understand I am going to be in the minority for this. It, it sits at a flat five for me.
1: Okay. I watched Leave the World Behind on Netflix. This I mo- watched
0: the first 20 minutes of Leave the World Behind. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say.
1: This movie is so close to being good. And then once you realize it'll never get there, you feel betrayed. And that makes this movie very bad. <laughs> because, like, it does suspense and thriller so well, dude. That, like, I mean, Mahesh Ali is... Incredible. Ethan Hawke's character is very... Everyone does a great job portraying a very believable person. And then you find out at the very end, it's this. It's all for naught. It's exactly what you thought was happening. Can you and please no spoil suspense. it for me? Okay. I'll, spoilers for everybody. So basically what happened is a, a bunch of companies, uh, countries teamed up against the US and then shut down our communications and made it so we couldn't travel. And just waited for us to turn on each other. Like Americans against Americans. That's the whole concept of the movie. And they did that by doing just like, it was just a cyber, coordinated cyber attack. Um, And then uh, they do like weird noises to just disorient people. And they just waited for neighbors to turn on each other. And then the army gets called in and stuff like that. You kind of see it from a distance. It was literally, what's happening? The world is falling apart. What happened? Oh, exactly what we thought. They turned off, they jammed our cyber networks, ruined all that stuff. Now people are turning on each other. It's like, well, and then what now? There's no one ever breaks into their house. No one ever they never have to go shoot somebody. They don't. You don't have to see anyone get looted. They're in a remote, rich neighborhood. Nothing happens. It's just them talking about it. It's such a anticlimactic ending that that's everyone's problem with this movie. It's like you. Okay, so here's a, the question. Yeah. I
0: re- I'm. How does the movie end? Oh. <sighs> Like, what's the like, what's the For third you
1: act? you got 20 minutes in. So the youngest daughter is just obsessed over friends, obsessed with it. And then they go too far out in the woods and she loses signal. And now she can't watch the final episode of Friends. She finds out that one of the neighbors has a bunker. And in that bunker, they have, you know, hundreds of if not thousands of DVDs. Because if the, you know, the power goes out and they're on generators, they can't have Wi-Fi or whatever. So they have just DVDs. She puts in the final episode of Friends. And that's how it ends.
0: That's so weird, because that, that that's the same complaint that I've been hearing, too, is like, it's a really cool thriller, but they, like, fumble the landing so hard.
1: The last 20 minutes, you're like, yeah, we knew that, bro. Be like, I guess we're in an apocalypse. I guess America's turning on each other. Be like, your neighbor just pulled a gun on you. You didn't know that? This is so <laughs> dumb. Because they go over to Kevin Bacon's character, who's in 20 minutes of this movie, maybe less, maybe 12 minutes of this movie. He pulls a gun on them because they're asking for medicine. They work out a deal. They get the medicine. They're in the car. He goes, oh my gosh, I think I figured it out. It's so dumb. It is so stupid. Don't watch this movie. Cause you, the, the horrible thing about this movie is if it was bad from the beginning, no one would watch it. It just makes you think something good's about to happen. I wish this was a three-part series and this was just the first part. It, it's it, I'm just disappointed, man. Just pissed. Pissed and disappointed.
0: um i watched on christmas day the movie that i watched for christmas was the patrick stewart christmas carol adaptation now i did not know this going into it but this is a hallmark movie um it was made in 1999 and it's a hallmark movie so with those two pieces of information i'm like oh no i'm walking into a trap um no it was I will say of all the Christmas carols I've seen, and I have not seen many, this is the most like middle of the road Christmas carol. If you, if someone were to be like, I've never heard of the Christmas carol before. What is it? I'd be like, let's watch this movie. It has Patrick Stewart in it. It's not going to tantalize you, but you'll get it. Um, And <laughs> what I love about Patrick Stewart's version of Scrooge is, is it really sh- he plays it so serious and with that like very like captain picard type like stoicism yeah. that it really embellishes just how cartoonish some of the things he says are like
1: does he say bah humbug
0: he does yeah Ugh. um okay hate it but like while when it's christmas day and everyone is wishing him a merry christmas he's like what do you have to be merry for you're poor why are you so happy? And the thing that he says that I will never forget is when his employee, whose name I forget, sorry, is when he's like, "Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge." He's like, "Why are you merry? I actively don't pay you enough and you have a wife and several children. I'm purposefully making you poor. Why are you merry?" And like the way he deli- like the way he says that is like so it it it's like so cartoonishly evil, but he says it with such pride. It's like it feels like a joke in in such like a cool way. Right. Um, but like yeah, if you've never seen a Christmas Carol, watch this. If you have, don't go out of your way to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like it, it's like a six and a quarter.
1: I watched Barbie. Okay. Um, this movie's good, bro. It is. It's fun. Here's the thing: this movie's good. Uh, and I get it. I I honestly, I get it. I know what they're trying to say. I get everything. That being said, how could you not be in love with Ryan Gosling and his whole story? The, dude, I laughed so much every time he was on screen. I'm like, I know he's not the point. I mean, he is the point, but not the point. Like, this is not about him, but it's also about him at the same time. Yeah. That I'm like, dude, when he said Mojo Dojo Casa House, I'm like... He might be top 10 favorite actors for me now. I'm like, he's just incredible. I love him so much. His performance in Kent. I know he's nominated for a bunch of stuff, but like, yeah. holy crap, dude. Or if he's, he's nominated for, I think golden globes and he's going to be nominated for Oscars. And Knuff is um also nominated. I'm like, dude, this guy is phenomenal. Margot Robbie does a great job as Barbie. I think Greta Gerwig is just like next level. She knows what she's doing. You can just trust that if she's making a movie. It's going to be good. Yeah,
0: and I've mentioned this before, where, like, when you hear Greta Gerwig talk about her work in interviews, she is radiating passion. Like, yeah. every time she talks, you she, she means every word that she's saying. She is, like, so full of life and spirit that, like, watching that translate into her passion for film, it's, it's undeniable.
1: Yeah, I also love how, like... It's not even that she has a specific voice that comes out in her movies because this feels totally original. I know it's based off like a previous IP. Barbie's big, but like it's so different than every other movie that I'm like, this, it's just great, bro. It's a bunch of stuff you've never seen before. I mean, who hasn't watched it yet? But everyone should watch it. There's a bunch of dudes out there and uh, for some reason, a bunch of super conservative women who are not watching this movie. It's good, dude. Just get over it. It's going to be 20 minutes you don't like and the rest of the movie is great.
0: So the thing that um, I find interesting about this movie is like all the people that are against this movie are like, um, they're like, oh, it's too woke. They're trying to brainwash the youth like gang. And I am not the first person to say this. And I understand that the feminism that this movie introduces is like bare minimum feminism. Like America Ferreira goes on this long speech about like the idea of like femininity in modern society is so contradictory in and of itself that it's a weird standard we put on anyone. And like, if that's the first time you're hearing that message, then like pay attention.
1: It's just, I think it's for them. A lot of times it's just like, why are we still talking about it? Yeah. Um, which I get, it feels weird. Within the, concept, the context of the movie, I mean, monologues pull people out almost all the time. Anytime you have a monologue in a movie, it's gonna draw attention to the fact that one person's been talking for a long time. So it pulls you out for that reason. And it's it, since it is such like bare minimum baseline feminism, we're like, oh, I've heard this stuff a million times. Can we get back to the, the Like this is one time where I'm like, dude, the musical numbers are fire. Can we go back to doing something else? So like, you guys will not like 20 minutes of this movie. It's in the third act. Watch the first two thirds. It's a good movie, dude. It's freaking good. I like it a lot. It's not as, it didn't blow my mind, like how much everyone was talking about it. The fact that it grossed like a billion dollars. But like, it is great. So if I had to give Leave the World Behind a score, it would be four. If I had to give Barbie a score, it would be seven and a half. Maybe seven, seven, five.
0: Okay, let's knock out one more. Sure. Um, so the 200th and final movie that I watched in 2023 was a movie called Stretch. Um now. Okay. Here's some context. You're like, "Stretch, I'm not familiar with this." Mhm. Yeah, I know because um the average movie on Letterboxd gets around like anywhere between like 100,000 and 500,000 reviews for a movie. Um Stretch had 12,000. So yeah. now let me tell you the cast for this movie. This movie came out in 2014. We have Patrick Wilson, Ed Helms, Jessica Alba, Chris Pine, Jason Manzukis, David Hasselhoff, and Ray Liotta.
1: How come no one's heard of this movie?
0: I'm going to tell you why. Because the movie's not good. <laughs> um, the It's like if Drive was a comedy so okay. let that sink in for a second and what that could
1: mean I'm like, hey, do <laughs> um, i need to watch drive again what so the-
0: patrick wilson plays a limo driver and the limo that he drives the last person that drove that limo killed himself and now the vestige of ed helms haunts patrick wilson as oh, he's geez. driving this limo okay and um he has gambling debts patrick wilson's character does and It's $6,000 of gambling debt. And for movie reasons, he has to pay it off by the end of the night. So he's trying to get all these famous um, clients so that way he can get big tips and pay off his fine or his debt rather. And so Chris Pine's character is like this eccentric billionaire promises a tip that will like get him out of debt. And then there's like a caveat where he's like, hey, can you go do this drug deal for me? And things go off the rails fast. Now, the main linchpin as to why this movie is bad is that, like, in Drive, Ryan Gosling's character is a sad, melodramatic loser that people can see themselves in. Like, there's an angst to it. Okay. Um, And so the parody of that in Patrick Wilson's character, he is... Just a loser. He just kind of <laughs> sucks <laughs> And like uh, and he does like this like um Michael Weston burn notice narr- oh, like uh narration type thing where he explains like the intricacies of what he is trying to do. but it is the most surface level like BS movie Mumbo Jumbo. That I've ever heard a character monologue before to the point where I'm like, maybe you just need a different job. (laughs) And it is, it's one of those movies where it's great to get intoxicated in your way of choice and just kind of go in on this movie. Like it really, um, it's silly. It's, um... But, like, as a movie, it hardly functions. My favorite moment is in the end, where he's in kind of this standoff. And he does, like, that Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, like, breaking down of the situation in slow motion. And, like, his limo is behind him, leaking gas. So he, (laughs) again, in this, like, slow motion, pops his lighter, throws it behind him, and the limo blows up. But what he does is he just punches a guy and that's the moment of action. And I'm Uh. like, Hey man, you didn't have to blow up your car just to punch this guy. You could have just done that. (laughs) And it is awful in all of the best ways. Um, so if you want a weird niche, bad, fun movie, then you've got stretch. Um, on an honest movie scale, it sits at like a flat five.
1: Oh, uh, wow.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I watched National Lampoon's Vacation, regular one, and National Lampoon's European Vacation. Having only watched from National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. I haven't watched Van Wilder. I haven't watched anything else. National Lampoon's regular vacation. Great. Just like Christmas Vacation. It's f- so funny, dude. I loved it classic chevy chase it was so good i definitely recommend it i want to say it was an i think i gave christmas vacation like a nine this would be like an eight it's great european vacation
0: sucks (laughs) and it's
1: the one that came out in between the two so christmas vacation came out third regular vacation was first this came out in between this movie sucks i know i'm probably in the minority i think the imdb score is like pretty good they go to a bunch of different European countries. They went on a game show, very like Family Feud-esque. Um, it's bad, dude. They do the style of humor in each country that that country does. So in Great Britain, it's very like dry English humor. In France, it's definitely it's the, I'm going to make fun of you for being a tourist that doesn't know anything. And I'm like this, and they do it in like five different countries. It's dumb, dude. It's so stupid. Also, there's nudity and it's rated PG 13. I'm like, what is it caught me off guard? It's a movie's <laughs> not good. Didn't finish it. I think I had 20 minutes left. And most of the time, if you have that little left, you're like, well, let me just finish it. It's only 20 minutes. I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm over it. Um I'm not watching it. I
0: this. remember I remember I had a friend in like early middle school who showed me either vacation or European vacation simply because it had nudity in it. Like I remember he had a portable DVD player That he kept on his bed, and we were like watching it, like just like in his room. And he like and like that's why he showed me that movie. And I'm like, this is a weird motivation that you have right now. Yeah,
1: it's (laughs) it is it's weird, dude. It's not nothing makes sense. It's just not funny. And you keep waiting for it to get funny because the first movie and Christmas Vacation are funny throughout the entire thing. You just keep waiting for it to happen. You're an hour and you're like, I'm done. I'm done waiting. It's not happening. It's just not happening. Would not recommend. I'm giving it a three and a half. Whoa. Just because maybe all of the jokes aren't for me. But like Um, a weird thing Christmas vacation, just vacation, the vacation trilogy does is they recast the kids. Yeah, that's always hard. I mean, because they're growing up. So you get it. But I'm like, these kids look nothing alike because in this, like one of the movies, he's like six foot tall and in the next one he's like nine again. So I think it might be one of the bits, but they keep everyone else the same. But I don't know. i Dig it, straight up skip the European vacation. You don't need it. Go straight from regular vacation to Christmas vacation. But like, holy, I got whiplash. It was so bad.
0: So I've been watching, I watched Ben 10 last year and I've been trying to watch Ben 10 Alien Force, the sequel series, but the only streaming service it was on was Sling TV and I was not doing that. So I kept checking on it and I was hoping that in the new year like it would go on a streaming service and so i checked january 1st um not only is it not on any new streaming services it's also not on sling anymore it oh. got fewer streaming services i am so angry right now anyway I mean, that was <laughs>
1: yeah no worries man.
0: um anyway that's the show um n- so <laughs> the, th- the theme for january we never explained it The theme for January is, and then, and then February next month is how have you not seen this movie? It is a theme where Alex and I have picked movies where that, like when I say, yeah, I haven't seen little shop of horrors. Everyone looks at me and goes, how have you specifically not seen little shop of Horrors? That's like written for you. So it's going to be us knocking out those movies for a few months. Um, and so obviously next week we're watching little shop of horrors, the 1980s, Rick Moranis one. Um, cause you look at that movie and you're like, guys, I'm pretty sure Craig wrote this movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's weird that I've seen it and you haven't. There's I think two of your movies I've seen and you haven't, Yeah, which is weird. Um, and I think cause... yours
0: is also like that though. If yeah, it's, it's still close to how we had it.
1: Right. So like, uh... I'm excited to revisit some stuff. I'm not excited for next week. But, I mean, you'll hear about that more later.
0: But until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mom said hi.
0: See you next week.
1: Happy New Year.